Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. Here we go, Tony. What's going on? Are we already recording? This is new. All right, yeah, so we jumped right in. That's cool. Um, I just bought some shelves for my books. I have been trying to read uh, 10 to 15 pages of a business book every day, and I have been actually powering through tons of books that way. So I'm trying to put all the books that I've read on some floating shelves behind me so that whenever I go on any kind of of web chat or interview or something, I look much cooler and well-educated <laughs> than I really am. <laughs> fake it till you fake it. I, like I don't it. know. Are you, but at least I read them. I you, don't know. Are you organizing the books by color? Because that's that's really the way to tell when someone is just reading so other people think they're cool. Uh, no, but so that I look more sophisticated, I am only buying hardback books and removing the dust covers because I like how they look better. Yeah, I'm actually okay with that idea. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, looks cooler. And I've been reading like non-business books too for enjoyment, which is fun. I haven't started to do that. I haven't done that in a long time, but that's what I've been up to. Yeah, I'm listening to the David Goggins book. That guy is so intense, man. He's uh, Which one's he? He's uh this like black Navy SEAL. And uh, I guess he went through Hell Week three times and now he's an ultra marathoner. And he basically like is on Instagram just cussing all the time. And he's just a total maniac. That's right. I've heard of that guy. Yeah. The Navy SEAL dude. Yeah, he's got a pretty wild, pretty wild story. Story, so. uh, yeah, not for me. I I don't even uh, think I would survive one day of Hell Week. I I don't even think I would survive the signing my name up for that. So more power to him. Good job, David Goggins. Thank you for your service. Thank you for swearing at us. Thank you for all of your lovely help that you're giving John so he can be more productive as a human. Yeah, actually, I was just listening to it while I dug trenches this morning. So, but yeah, just so basically Hell Week uh yeah uh something like that anyway yeah um well we got florida tenant and then we're gonna talk to wale from new york about uh he had a fire and he's actually asking for some advice on how to restore his place so uh let's roll into our florida tenant uh uh this one is called the toaster uh, <laughs> are we reading a nighttime story now yeah yeah why not and i hope this story is fire uh, go on <laughs> i will <laughs> a nice older guy lived in the apartment next to me for several years. He was quiet. I didn't notice that he hadn't been around for a while until the landlord asked me to go into his apartment with her. She was afraid he might be dead inside. He had stopped paying rent and had never been laid on his rent before. We went in there expecting the worst, but all that was there was a bare mattress in the living room with an enormous stack of porno mags and DVDs <laughs> and a toaster. We stared at each other, quite curious, and then eventually my landlord asked, what do you think he was using the toaster for? <laughs> uh, man. Sustenance. Um, yeah. So no TV, I guess. So he just had DVDs. He was ripping them. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, he just liked the covers. Uh, um, boy, 
boy. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. What do you think you use the toaster for? Toast, clearly. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to keep our sponsors. All my first thoughts are pretty horrible. So, uh, <laughs> uh, probably toaster. Dude, love toaster strudels. Toaster strudels was my first them. guess too. So. Yeah, they are delicious. I mean, yeah. I don't so, know. Something like the American Pie movie, and I'll just stop there. Okay, that works. Um, yeah, that's a super awkward situation. Sounds like they were worried about finding someone dead inside, but they just found out about someone that was dead inside uh it's pretty good (laughs) yeah right thought of that up by myself must have been all the books i've been reading um anyway yeah that's a really weird situation i mean i i don't have any like nuggets of wisdom other than i'd like to know if the guy came back or if he just abandoned it with these belongings is he like fish guy that put holes in his walls and put fish down them except instead of fish the dude put porno mags in the wall i assume so i assume he walked off with his like laptop that had dvd players but yeah, this dude didn't have a laptop. This dude just had like an actual DVD player yeah. and a television, which I haven't seen a real DVD player in a while, but whatever. Yeah, I used to, uh, when I had to study, I used to go to the library when I lived in California and there's quite a bit of homelessness in LA and uh, there would almost always be a guy looking at some sort of pornography on the library heaters. <laughs> so nice. That's what this nice. reminds me. Maybe that's what this guy used it for, just like a, a shelter. He just was like renting his shelter. Anyway, um, but yeah, so... So you should be like checking up on tenants regularly. And I don't think it's good form to use a tenant to check up on another tenant. That's probably a poor form as a landlord. So um, yeah, that's the advice. Do your own dirty work. Yeah. Same as before. Uh, do your twice annual. Same as it ever was. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Everyone's enlightened now. So sponsored gonna... by DVD players. Yeah. Do you have one? Sell it on uh, Craigslist. eBay or... for $4. Yeah. <laughs> or put it outside with a sign that says freak yeah 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 yeah. all right well i'm sure we got something more serious next yeah what uh what are we getting into uh well let's let's listen see what it is hello be free this is wally from state of new york my parents have a rental property in the state of new york the property is a duplex made out of brick six or seven months ago the duplex caught on fire the tenant left a heating pad or unit on in the bedroom while she was away at work but uh thankfully no one was hurt uh we then had the junk created by the fire removed but they're still stood on the walls the walls are partially burnt or missing and we have flooring that has been destroyed uh i'm looking to restore the property property to become active rental unit and uh, the property has been in, in the family for over 30 years so there's no mortgage on the property and the catch is the property wasn't properly insured during the fire so any suggestions on how to proceed with this would be appreciated thank you guys yikes big yikes so i guess the first thing i would do is look to see how i could go after the tenant i mean if they said that they left a heating blanket on like they're clearly at fault so number one is is you should be requiring your tenants to have renter's insurance. However, I think you're past that point, probably. Number two, wondering if there's any way that you can commence legal action for damages. That would depend entirely on your lease. However, even the junkiest of junky internet leases probably has some provision for that. Like normally they say damage due to fire is tenant's responsibility. So you could presumably get a judgment for some of these damages. But that's that's like step one. 
on just the money part. I assume if he's already talking about renovating it, he has the money to re- to renovate it. You, you think that's safe to assume? I mean, he says he's on the property for 30 years, so there's definitely equity in it either way. That's true. It's not really refinanceable at this point. So. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true too. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're not like going to pull money out on a burned down building. Um, the positive here is that it sounds like it's not burned down beyond the point of repair. So the first step as far as the renovation is concerned is to get rid of any of the fire damage, which you're going to need to hire like a specialized company to do that. You're probably going to need to replace wood, um, replace maybe some of the framing materials, get rid of any of the smoke that's in the walls and stuff. So it's basically going to turn into a gut job on the one side. Thankfully, you have another side that does sounds like it wasn't damaged in any way. So I would hire like a serve pro like company. Um, we are not sponsored by serve pro. We're sponsored by DVD players, not, not serve pro. <laughs> um, but I would hire a, uh, serve pro like company, probably somebody cheaper because that's like a national franchise thing. That's going to gouge you on price, but somebody like them in your area probably exists. And I would hire them to do the remediation part, like remove all the stuff that's fire damaged, replace the the key parts um, just so that you have some sort of certification. Because if down the road you try to sell this property and you didn't remedy the fire damage correctly, you're going to run into big issues. So have them do all the structural components, repair, stuff like that. And then they're going to cost a fortune because those companies do. So once they get all the plywood, drywall, that stuff up or framing even, then just subcontract out the rest of this job to flooring companies, everybody. At that point, you're just into a regular renovation strategy thing. So that's kind of the timeline of events that I'm thinking of. You try to go after the tenant for money. That's step one. Step two can start around the same time as step one, but you're going to get like a disaster restoration company in to fix up all of fire damage itself and step three is just going to be like turn this into a regular renovation or rent out uh, uh, situation and step four that should really be step before anything else is get insurance on the building (laughs) so that's my two cents yeah i think that's good advice when i rack my brain about this one i had unfortunately the same thought which is i have no idea for you other than see if you can get some nickels out of your tenant here and, and then go to work on it make sure it's structurally sound so I guess to, yeah, yeah. to recap what you said, you know, explore if you can get a- any kind of compensation from the tenant. So I guess you, you need that in writing, right? Uh, so if you, if you have the I left a unit on in writing, that, that feels like something strong. If you don't have it in writing, uh, get it in writing first. Otherwise, they're going to say, no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you recommend disaster restoration. And it, it sounds primarily like you want to make sure the building's structurally sound, uh, essentially. And there's no soot or anything left over, whatever. That could make people sick. Yeah, makes sense. And then uh, after that, you know, for some of the more uh, kind of visual repairs, you're going to subcontract it out to someone who's not going to have both hands, both your pocket, just one hand in pocket. <laughs> yeah. And then um, get the insurance. And do you think, uh, John, like, I don't know. I mean, this is an open question. Like at the end of this, I personally would probably try to refinance the building to pull the boatload of money that I had to spend on this junk out. I mean, would you do the same or? It's an interesting question. I'm thinking about it. I mean, 
uh, I guess, why wouldn't you? Because you don't want to go through the appraisal costs and process. Yeah, because you don't like money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you might as well, right? Yeah. I don't know how New York works with like the assessed value of the building, but that might be another thing to do is talk to your assessor immediately so you're not paying steep taxes on this building that's no longer worth anything. Yeah, unless your building's already not worth anything to the appraiser and then don't say anything. Yeah, fair enough. So. Um, another side benefit to this is at least he doesn't have a rent control department anymore. Huh? Huh? Uh, <laughs> I guess so. I <laughs> yeah, has gone. Uh, yeah, man. And uh, yeah, I guess look look at uh, out outlawing all those devices in your lease. Holy smoke. This sucks. I'm sorry, Wally. Yep, sorry. Call back in again once you get it resolved and let us know how you resolved it. All right. Uh, I think with that, let's roll into something you learned this week. Do you got anything on deck, Tony? Don't leave your heating blanket on when you go to work. It's yeah. probably number one. Um, more seriously, so troubleshooting over the phone can save you a lot of hassle with like repairs and stuff. Um, there's a tenant that uh, called in because she said her hot water tank was not working. So we sent the plumber and $125 later for a service call and some troubleshooting on site. He realized that the gas to the building was just shut off because they cleaned claim that someone else called in to shut off their gas. However, they very clearly did not pay the bill. So the first question I realized to them should have been, is your gas on? <laughs> Which I thought would have been way too obvious of a question that I should never ask someone that. However, tenants are very stupid. And the other funny thing about this situation is like, do you really think that lie is going to work with me? I've been lied to so many times from people like you really think that I'm going to believe that someone else called your gas company and somehow had all of your account information to turn it off like very very unlikely um same tenant also called because she claimed their dishwasher was broken and they were unable to clean dishes um apparently they also don't know how to use a sink um but they said it needed to be done asap and the handyman went over and said that he ran a drain cycle and that fixed it <laughs> So, um, these tenants are on the, uh, on the, on the not, the not nice list. They're on the, they're on the naughty list. So I would say that some time on the phone with them asking people very stupid, seemingly obvious questions would have been well spent. Additionally, if you have two tenants that are relatively the same and you're screening them for the same apartment, always take the people who have rented an apartment before over the people who have never rented before. Because I've been finding out over time that people who it's their first apartment are a gigantic pain in the ass. So that's my advice. Who is this person that's never rented a house for? Usually kids. Oh, they I like see. are done with, with school or college or whatever and they're renting their first apartment and they don't do they just don't know anything about how this works everything that happens they think you can fix it immediately they have a shitty attitude not everyone obviously but it just seems more frequent with people who have never rented an apartment before than yeah. people who have you know been through a few different landlords and whatever i always say like 
look, I treat, I try to treat them as much as I grumble about tenants. Like I treat them fairly well. So if you have a problem with me as your landlord, like, bro, I'm afraid to see you with somebody else. So <laughs> I don't know. All right. Where's the live by? Bro. Uh, bro. I'm afraid to see you with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, bro needs to be in there. Quote me. We'll put that in the show notes. Just bro. Yeah, exactly. Just bro. Nice. All right. So what's your, what's your thing? Mm, for us, uh, I'm trying to think how to like uh, succinctly communicate it, but it's something like you have to find the root cause for issues uh, rather than just fixing like what you're seeing. You have to figure out, well, how did this problem get here in the first place? So we have a driveway that's has a ton of settling and it's just you know we're basically we're gonna have to like jackhammer it up you know we can't just reseal it and had some people come look at it because i thought maybe we could get it sealed and uh they all say no but they, they're all telling me they can also fix it right away but i was wondering why is it settling so much and then we had a huge rainstorm and then on the side of this property i just happened to be there i went outside <laughs> and i saw basically the downspout from the back of the house just funnels water down and it essentially hits this driveway and it's basically causing all the settlement under the driveway because the water from the back of the house doesn't daylight into the street it daylights into the driveway so if we had you know it's pretty expensive to have this driveway like you know dug up and put down it's gonna be like a five thousand dollar thing so if we had done that we would have been doing that again a second time so uh just kind of slowing down and like understanding how the problem emerged uh very important and also that's why i had to dig a ditch so nice who doesn't want to do that it's the best way to spend an afternoon yeah or a morning just ask yeah just ask Mr. Money Mustache. Yeah. I feel like he always talks about the value of working outside. So I'm glad that you got to experience the value of digging a ditch. (laughs) You sound so... Dude, I hate digging. Like I, oh, me too. Yeah. it's the worst activity. Um. Anyway, that is a very good point, and also why sometimes it's hard to trust contractors because a lot of times they're not always going to recommend the easiest fix. So you know, not that there is really an easy fix in your solution in your situation. However, the easy fix would have been to just do that years ago, but you weren't the owner of the property then. So yeah. But I mean, to your point, like, you know, to a, I don't know, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So all these driveway yep. guys, they were just like, seal it, you know, hammer it out, whatever. You know, those are their tools. Like, you know, they weren't like, oh, well, the retaining wall is also bowing a little bit in this hill. I wonder if you have a water issue. So, yeah. Anyway. Makes sense. Sorry that's happening to you. Uh, it's all part of the adventure. So hopefully our new sponsor, Supbro, will provide you with uh, some money to help go towards your driveway. I like it. Brought to you by Supbro, the official fragrance of Be Free RE. Yeah. Uh, fragrance. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a cologne. Yeah, I got it. It's, it's the kind of cologne that you can wear to the gym and then all the other guys will like you. It smells like... <laughs> protein powder. sounds like we're uh it sounds like we're going back to the painting guy the painting guy is the uh the upstairs naked painting guy he is the <laughs> the, the like lead consumer of sub bro fragrance yeah you're throwing us into last week but yeah yeah uh, exactly but yeah spray it all over your toaster and go, go about your business good to go throw all back right. all right anyway guys. we'll call in we need your questions tell us who you are or don't we don't care we'll make up a name for you 412-212-8366 we're at be free re on instagram tony how can they get a hold of you shout your at- name 412 Instagram, 412agent.com. Find me on Bigger Pockets. Uh, all different ways. So, uh, come at me, bro. Hit me up, bro. Podcast is fire. Give me your questions. All right. <laughs> Got to end on that. See you next Peace. time. Peace. <laughs>